I love summer, but summer in Europe sucks because there's no AC. It's great and it sucks. It's great because it's not that hot, really. Like, it's actually perfect weather all the time. But it's just hot enough, like, not having air conditioning. I feel like if I lived in Europe and had air conditioning, I would have, like, the perfect life in summer. Uh, But I guess that's just me being spoiled and having grown up with AC and having it, like, be, you know, a perfect 22 degrees inside all the time, uh, winter and summer, so... Yeah, that's what I used to have in the last four years. <laughs> oh, yeah, true. But not now. But also here, it's been raining for the last month, uh, basically every day. And today is actually the first day with good weather. And of course, this is the one where I have a lot of things scheduled for being indoors. But that's just how life is. Exactly. What was you, Chris? What was you? Yeah. And I mean, I wouldn't want to be anywhere but here right now talking to you about Clone Wars. Let's, Let's be, be honest. honest. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, so you finished Clone Wars. You watched the whole thing. I did. I did. Yeah. It was quite a journey. How do you feel? I'm f- I'm good. I mean, I'm again. It's it's sad that it's over, but I'm excited for the new things to come because the next two shows we might as well address it right now. The next two shows we're gonna watch are also shows we haven't or I haven't seen. Yeah. So next up is Bad Batch, and then afterwards is Rebels, which is not quite the timeline. But you graciously <laughs> accepted my demand basically that we not watch bad batch before we talk about it and it's been a while so tough and yeah (laughs) i also hate it but i think it's just way better if if we talk about it not having seen it previously yeah i mean like in an ideal world we should actually like watch rebels watch rebels first but i know that's way too much to ask of you so I just want, I'll just say no. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, yeah. And that's, that's, I can accept that. And, um, and also with like in, in like, um, universe chronology, it's in order. So there is some sort of logic to doing it this way. So I feel good. Good. Yeah. I just want to first like know how are you feeling? Like, what's your thoughts, um, after going through this whole experience? Um, how does it did clone wars meet or fail to meet your expectations yeah so going into clone wars i didn't know that much about it i only knew that ahsoka plays a big part in it and that it has basically clone troopers as fully fledged characters um that it's better than the prequels which you know which to be honest is not saying much but still it's always good to hear and that maybe the first few seasons weren't that good but that it improves over time and so i would say looking back on it i didn't really have like high expectations i was just curious about it and i would say there were high highs and low lows um there were characters and arcs which were painful or uh, infuriating to watch but my feelings about the best parts of the series can be summarized by something that you had said um, 
I think in season four um that you know this would be a great animated movie you know that that that's definitely something that can be said of the best of the arcs in clone wars that we have watched and everything between uh, you know the highest of highs and the lows of lows has generally been of impressively good quality i would say and you know going into it also i was a little bit cautious because because it was labeled as a kids show and so i was a little bit apprehensive and i didn't want to subject myself to another thing that just uh you know taints my uh, enthusiasm of star wars but overall i really really liked it and it was more than i could have hoped for and now i would say it's basically required watching um but if i say that that also kind of makes it sound like a chore and it's not that it's actually like if if you haven't watched it and you like Star Wars, you're really missing out. It's a really really good show overall. That's glad I'm glad to hear it. Um, and speaking of you know Star Wars in general, do you think in what ways has Clone Wars impacted your relationship with Star Wars? You know, if we think about Star Wars after the uh, purchase by Disney. I liked most of the movies, but because the sequel trilogy of films ended with such a disaster, I had kind of a sour taste in my mouth. And, you know, then came The Mandalorian, and then I remember that we were both apprehensive about it, um, but it rekindled my enthusiasm, and I dare say your enthusiasm too. And now, having watched Clone Wars, it feels like my interest has broadened. There are so many things to explore. And I can't wait to watch all of the new shows, knowing the backstory of so many of the characters that will be the focus of those shows. And I feel like, you know, The Mandalorian made me interested in Star Wars shows to begin with. And I was going to watch the new shows no matter what. But for now, for now uh, and maybe for better or for worse, my expectations are very, very high. And I'm, I'm excited for all of the new shows. And, you know... If there ever are new movies, I'm also excited for those. Um, I, I might regret that in a year or so, but you know what? I don't think so. Um, it's not that I think Disney has learned from their mistakes, but rather that after after having seen both Clone Wars and The Mandalorian, I have a lot of trust in Dave Filoni's abilities. And it's so interesting how it really lies on the shoulders of one individual. Yeah. It's crazy but you can see that because clone wars happened before and after the disney purchase so you have yeah. two different things but with one constant creative voice behind it that shows that no matter who owns uh, the star wars ip dave filoni's there to save our lives yeah and save star wars exactly would you have watched bad batch if you hadn't watched clone wars uh yeah i think so okay so even if it's animated you would have started with bad batch as the first animated show you would have watched yeah probably uh, i mean even if it's animated is not so not something that applies to me yeah but in terms of star wars content you have never uh, watched see. animated yeah. star wars content so that's true yeah and i guess you don't know how connected star wars is to bad batch right yeah i don't know like i feel after the mandalorian we were both really curious about you know, Dave Filoni's other work. <laughs> and so we obviously knew about uh, Clone Wars and Rebels. 
and we were both going to watch it eventually you just like beat me to it by by a wide margin it was one of these things where you know we've joked about it a few times mostly on the weekly hook that i don't really watch shows or rather i don't watch shows anymore or that often and so that kind of was on the back burner but just because you watched it and you were so positive about it or rather yeah you were you were definitely urging me to watch it um that definitely accelerated things exactly and sort of forcing you by starting a podcast about it with you so to be fair the uh, podcast was our shared idea so uh, you nobody will ever have to force me to do a podcast <laughs> i know right <laughs> No, that's the thing is the podcast is the the fruit that I dangle in front of you to make you do what you got to do. Essentially. Yeah, I, say. I, was, I was just I was just thinking, which way around is it? Is it that the podcast is a great excuse to watch all of the Star Wars things or is watching all the Star Wars things a great excuse for making the podcast? Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> I think, oh, that's a good chicken and egg question. Yeah, for me, I think it is more of the latter because I've been wanting to do a podcast for years now. And I just yeah. never could find like a good, I could never decide on the format, on the topic. And I was definitely lacking a co-host. So when we were talking about Star Wars and I was like, as I always do, like I always joke, we should make a podcast about that. And you were the first person to say, yeah, let's do it. And I was like a little surprised. <laughs> And I was like, okay, I guess we're doing this now. Great. <laughs> yeah, fast forward however many months and here we are. Yeah, it's great. This is my main hobby right now. <laughs> Damn straight. I mean, it's more than a hobby, honestly. It's, yeah, become, it's a part-time like a job. <laughs> yeah, it really is. Oh, but, but it's a yeah. great part-time job, honestly. Yeah. I mean, I would love to get paid for it, but... <laughs> <laughs> to get That's paid not... for it, we need Apple Podcast reviews. So, listeners... Oh, nice. <laughs> Yeah, everybody, please rate and review us on like Apple Podcasts and I guess on Spotify or, or whatever. Yeah, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, any reviews are literally the most important things for growing this podcast yeah. and making our investment of all our time and effort worth it. Uh, yeah, no, it's great. This whole journey has been so fun and it just like gets me more excited about being able to talk about the next few things with you as well the new the next few shows and other shows like kind of part of me is waiting until we get through with star wars so that we can explore other things as in depth yeah. which we will at some point um but you know we still have to get through everything that we have to do for star wars and it's worth it the thing is it's like yes we have to do it but also it is a damn pleasure to do it exactly and like i'm i'm enjoying all of this like i will i'm also looking forward to do deep dives on other things but i mean we we picked star wars as a topic for the first season uh for a reason so yeah 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 and it's so good specifically clone wars i'm so excited yeah. oh. and um how, what would you say is like you know if we're talking about clone wars in relation to other star wars content how would you say is the role of Clone Wars like in relation to other Star Wars stuff mm. going on? Yeah, I think it adds a lot to the general law of Star Wars and um you know, like obviously like the nitty-gritty of the titular, titular Clone Wars <laughs> to begin with, but also details like, you know, things like something that I've always wondered about 
after watching the prequels is like how exactly does order 66 work yeah and or or also the uh the question about how exactly did yoda learn how to become a force ghost like those are things that are are answered or like are alluded to in uh in this show but we also have definite addition like we definitely have additions of things that we've never seen before like um just two things that come to mind right now are we have a dark side force wielder in Mo mother talzin who is not a sith herself and we we see a lightsaber wielding force user who is an apprentice of, an sith, of a sith but not a sith herself you know obviously i'm talking about ventress and it's just like it's just really interesting that's not not something we've ever seen before and i like that the show kind of answers quest questions that people have asked themselves for decades now but it also adds aspects that nobody's ever really thought about because it wasn't on the screen but beyond that it's also you know it adds a lot to the characters characterization of many known inhabitants of the star wars universe i would say and like it also introduces and expands new characters we haven't seen before and who definitely enrich the franchise i mean our undying love of ahsoka is the proof of that um and just generally i think it really reconciles or retcons many issues including basically like <laughs> the entirety of the prequels and as much as that's possible and it's like the vantage that's something that i mentioned earlier as well but it's kind of the vantage point for so many things to be explored in future star wars media and i'm really excited for that yeah no i think it's really interesting obviously it expands so many things it specifically expands the character of obi-wan a lot and really yeah. well i think uh i mean just in the sense that it gives him depth and obviously there's going to be an obi-wan centered show next year for which we are both excited but so in the excited. meantime looking at his character and his mannerisms and his background and the experiences that he's gone to to shape who he is is amazing because the prequels fails to do any of that honestly and yeah he's not really that big of a part of the of the, the original trilogy so it's really nice to see him and in a story that is you know initially conceived as the ballad of anakin skywalker <laughs> this show really does grow beyond that in such a nice way and then clearly delves into the lives of clones in so so like i mean it's lacking especially at the beginning of the show but as the show moves on it becomes much more intentional and it's very well done i'd say and it opens up a lot of the characters and obviously focuses on a few specific clones clones like rex or fives mm. or echo etc cetera, etc cetera. but it still is it's just a really nice way to add more meaning to what's going on as a whole um one thing i think it the show sort of one way i think the show comes into its own is in it actually in my mind actively takes a role in trying to fix the prequels yeah and i think that comes up with time so as time goes on you see more allusions to the prequels you see more semi-retcons not full retcons but reimaginations in some ways um it 
adds more depth to the prequels. So, for example, things happen in the prequels, but because of the way it's written or, you know, you know not written or not written, basically, it doesn't allow for logic to, you know, be there when people make or characters make decisions. But when you add the background of the Clone Wars, decisions made in the prequels, specifically in episodes uh, two and three, largely three as well, it starts to make more sense. And you start to see some of like why these things happened. It is insane that they weren't able to allude to any of them during the actual movies, and that's a failure mm. of the films. But what's great about Clone Wars is that it adds to the movies. It doesn't just take... It's not just a content within itself so i really like seeing that yeah and, and i wonder how how much that has to do with george lucas not being involved as much in later seasons and dave filoni probably having more creative control i haven't like looked that up at all but i kind of have the feeling that that might be one of the big reasons for that yeah potentially i'm not sure as well but that would make a lot of sense uh especially going from the first couple seasons onwards yeah, which would be interesting, you know, because obviously George Lucas is the creator of the prequels, but he doesn't really allude to it. Um, and then later on, I guess, the uh, the creative team have more of a confidence to allude to these shitty, shitty movies in a way that just works for the show and they kind of make it their own. It's a difficult thing in a way because they have to allude to something that's really bad, but they can kind of pick and choose from like what they want and just, you know, make it good. Yeah. And it's incredible. We don't have, we have to mention though, there is a contingent and a large contingent of star Wars fandom that grew up in the nineties or two thousands that actually think of these movies as good or enjoy these, enjoy the prequels. And if you are adding or alluding to the prequel films you have to really toe the line in appeasing those who don't like the films from a critical perspective i think the two of us fall in that camp pretty heavily and what gave also, it away i know right and simultaneously appeasing the fans who really love those movies and don't want them to change so mm. and they really did it extremely well by not directly changing too much about the prequels but enhancing the prequels and that is something that we can get behind and others that liked the films can get behind as well and that makes me that leads me to another question i have for you is Mm -hmm. how do you think you would compare in general the quality of clone wars compared to other star wars content there are really good things before season four but really with that season uh there are gr- moments of greatness as it, and you know at, at its best some of the arcs would be better movies than half of the actual star wars movies that exist so far i would say i would say more than half honestly yeah <laughs> like at its best it's up there with the best star wars out there period and at its worst it's there with the worst star wars period <laughs> yeah yeah exactly so yeah, that that's like generally how I would say because my reference point still is a lot, you know, the movies, which might change as I watch more and more shows. But 
you know i don't know how it is for you having watched rebels too but you know i'm kind of trying to divorce myself from the movies in some respect i i wonder though like those arcs that are so great i kind of feel they would be great movies but they wouldn't work they would not be that successful like they would have been they would they would have to be rewritten in a way because they just depend on being arcs in a show because you know so much context and well i wouldn't like reimagine them entirely as movies but instead to pl- take their their content within their context right so that's how all i'm not really comparing them as if we took them out and made them a movie i'm more comparing them as you know how did we enjoy the content and how did we see that content in terms of its quality within its own, you know, it's in a show, it's part of a show, obviously, but it, you can still measure certain aspects of filmmaking or animated filmmaking to that of a film. So, yeah, absolutely. And we're not doing a definitive ranking of that by any chance, by any means of the word. Not yet. But, <laughs> not yet. But, I would say that, you know, there's obviously better Star Wars movies and worse Star Wars movies. And there are better arcs and there are worse arcs within Clone Wars. And it's really interesting to see that Clone Wars in and of itself kind of moves up and down within it. But as a whole, I think it's really good, you know. And as a whole, I think it's more enjoyable to watch than, you know, the prequels as a set. Oh, yeah, for sure. Exactly. And it's somewhere above that and in the middle range of um, Star Wars content, especially if you take everything. But at its best, it rivals anything. And it's amazing. It's so good. And it just gets you more excited about more content moving forward. Mm. Yeah. Speaking of content moving forward, and, you know, I was referring to it earlier you know that it is kind of a a great vantage point for future star wars media what are some of the storylines you'd like to have explored in the future beyond the ones that are already in production yeah i would say i would like to know a lot about rex Mm. um what happens with him what's going on what's the life of the clones what happens when clones age is an interesting question to me Mm, mm -hmm. um because they have rapid aging thing. Does that, do they just slow down or later on, do they just stay in their prime? I'm not sure how the, the growth of the growth cycle of clones exists or how does that work? Yeah, that'd be um, really interesting. I was just sorry but, to interrupt, but I was just thinking of uh, from the Camino perspective, it would make sense to have it rapidly decree, like to not have it stop so that there is always a demand for more clones. Oh, interesting. Yeah. But then uh, there must be other cloners out there in the galaxy. So yeah. if you're competing with other clone making people, you need to have better selling points so that they last longer, et cetera, et cetera. So it's an interesting yeah, that's true. perspective. Or do they have a monopoly on cloning in the galaxy? Mm-hmm. I would like to see a lot. I would like to see what Ventress is up to. Mm-hmm. I mean, that hasn't been announced as any TV show. So either a Ventress backstory um, we saw flashes of it, or more interestingly, what does Ventress do now um, in the wake of, I think the last time we saw her is when she was with Ahsoka in Ahsoka's last Jedi arc, right? Mm-hmm. Um, other stories that I maybe would like to see include, give me a sec to think. I don't know if you have anything in your mind. 
there are characters that I'd like to see more of, but I don't think they would have actual storylines or shows centered around them. Like Young Boba, I would really like, but I don't oh, think cool. there's going to be a uh, show centered on him, especially because there will be a show about his older self. But I could maybe see it as him being part of that bounty hunter squad together with Aura Singh and the others. That'd be fun. Or just like have them appear every once in a while. Obviously, Plo Koon would be great, but you kind of obviously have to have it in a certain timeline. Um, any show could do with some more Embo. Oh my god, yes. Well, a bounty hunter show of that with that group, Aura Singh, Embo. No, not, not Aura Singh, the other ones with Embo. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, Seven yeah. Samurai one, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I kind of would like to have a show centered around Bo-Katan too, but I don't think that's going to happen. A, because, you know, aging. Uh, like, I, I would li- like, I was thinking specifically of what happens between Clone Wars and probably, I mean, I guess she might be in Rebels, but her appearance in The Mandalorian. But yeah, and obviously like clones as well. That 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 I could see of a show. I would I would love actually. There are like four things that I that I haven't like four characters that I haven't mentioned yet that are I think could be great shows. Um, one of them is Saw Gerrera. I think that would make a lot of sense. Like as a kind of the uh, like how does how does he end up where he ends, where he is in uh, Rogue One? But you could all also have him be like the focus of. What happens from a non-Jedi, non-clone, non... You know, it's just a different perspective on on what happens when the Republic turns into an empire. I would like that as well. I'd really love to see a show centered around a uh, young Palpatine. I think I mentioned that in one of the earlier episodes. Like, how did he become... Like, basically... You know his training in the uh, in the in the force on the dark side, his like political pursuits, all of these things. I would really that that's something that fascinates me. Um, basically, until we see him in episode one, Darth Maul would be a good one too. But maybe he is better as a villain than actually like the protagonist of a show. And of course, last but not least. Ventress, I agree. I think she's a very interesting character. Character she could go a million different ways. You know, obviously as kind of a shadowy figure, kind of a rogue type person, bounty hunter, all of these things. But or something that you said in one of the episodes as well, like maybe she is she will become a fully fledged like good person again, though with the uh, turn to the Empire, I would like that would maybe unlikely but a show surrounding vent or like centered on ventress would be great yeah it's great i think there's a lot of room for them to go and it is clear that clone wars is the foundation upon which this new generation of star wars is built yeah and that's obvious with the ahsoka show with the boba show even and all these other shows that are happening um i guess not all of them cassian and or show is come a spinoff of rogue one etc etc but i always um, forget that that one's coming and every time you remind me of it i'm just getting excited yeah it (laughs) seems like a really good show diego luna is great so give me more please exactly 
I mean, I don't know how you're feeling, but I think it's time that we start to actually do some official rankings of aspects of Clone Wars. And in good serially hooked fashion, we limit all of our top X number of things to top fours. Mm -hmm. And I think I wanted to start with, uh, Chris, our top four characters. Okay. Um, And let us save any honorable mentions to the end. Uh huh. Um, just so that way they don't overlap or kind of spoil any characters that we on our list. But we have yeah. to say one thing: is that it is obvious that Ahsoka Tano is number one, and will <laughs> yes. be number one. <laughs> yes, uh, she's number one in our hearts. Number one in Clone Wars. Number one in Star Wars. And so we have excluded her from this list and instead named the list after the uh, Ahsoka. So in in honor of Ahsoka, the Ahsoka Tano top four Star Wars Clone Wars character list. <laughs> yeah, nice. So I have I have created two top fours, and I what? will tell you. No, no, no. no. <laughs> I know uh, because uh, I was hence a top eight. No, it's not a top eight because there is okay. overlap, but it depends on something that I wasn't sure about. And so the first one I did was excluding any characters we have like seen or like in other Star Wars media. So like Anakin, no, Obi-Wan are not those kinds of things. Okay. Uh, And then I did another top four where I just threw that rule of a board and I would just like you to indicate a preference. And so I can give you that top four. No, it is definitely characters that we've seen in other medias are eligible, but it is ranking them on their depiction in Clone Wars. Okay. Okay. Then we, then we do that one. That's fine by me. Uh, and my number four, and I think we should take turns again. Of course. Uh, is my number four is Hondo. Yeah, same. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh shit! Are we gonna have the same top four? I doubt. I it. Okay. No, I don't. I don't think so. I don't think so. Okay. Okay. Um, I could kind of, I, I could predict the next, the the other three, maybe not the um, the ranking, but the next, the other three, I could probably predict. But I also predict that we, we might have two other like overlapping characters, but one is gonna be different okay let's see but talk about hondo first yeah i mean he's just he's a great character he's like very ambiguous he's a lot of fun like i was thinking about it there is another character that kind of fell into the same category for me but that person is not like he's very um, one-dimensional and i think hondo is hondo is just multifaceted in a way and uh it's some like also goes back to something that you said like ages ago i i don't think i don't even think it was on a podcast but you know star wars is always action mixed with comedy and so i and so i think hondo deserves to be on this list because he has he is a great like character for action and humor so he had to be on there yeah, and like towing the line of what's legal and illegal and mm-hmm. bounty hunters and pirates and all these sort of tropes. They're Playing very all the sides. Exactly. Like, that is Star Wars, right? Yeah. He is like he's even more Han than Han Solo in so many ways. 
right? He, yeah, exactly. He, Hondo Onaka is just such a great character that embodies everything that's good about Star Wars. And oh. we we lo- every time he's on the screen, he freaking steals the show. Even if he has two lines in an episode, it's always amazing. And oh, he's so great. I love Hondo. And it's great that we get to see so much of him through these episodes. So Nice. Okay, my uh, number three is obi-wan nice okay (laughs) um yeah i really enjoyed him in this show we see a lot more added to his character as opposed to the movies where we don't really see much of him actually and i think it is mostly his relationship with satine that kind of made me put him on this list because we yeah. do learn, like, it just adds so much to his character and puts the uh, entire thing with Anakin and Padme and his rela- uh, his reaction to it into a totally different perspective. I don't know. I feel I almost, because I know, because I now know about Satine, I'm just so curious about the, sh- the upcoming show. Because obviously, like, Obi-Wan kind of goes into hiding at some point and i just feel like that like psychologically emotionally that's an interesting thing to explore like everything like he lost the loss the love of his life and like he he always had to decide between his love for satine and the jedi order and when the uh empire was created he lo- he had lost both of those It's a very tragic story, but it's also really interesting to explore. And I hope we'll see some of that in the future show. But I think just it adds so much to his character. It really does. I mean, Obi-Wan in Clone Wars is such a deep character that has so many things going for him. Um, It is great to see him in the way he is portrayed and the depth which which he is given and the spaces which he's given to grow. And yeah, it's just, I agree with everything that you said. And he, in the course of not that long, if you consider when Maul kills Satine and then when uh, the Empire falls or the Republic falls, he, as you said, he lost the love of his life. He lost his best friend. He had to, from his perspective, kill his best friend. He lost the institution that he believed in so much. He has lost everything, essentially. And yeah is forced to be alone in isolation. And that is so deep of, um, I'm sure he lives with guilt, with regret, with hatred for himself to a certain extent. And how does he manage all that and maintain his own psychology? Oh, it's going to be such an amazing show. I can't wait. I don't even know when it's really, uh, when it is in the timeline of Obi-Wan's life. Uh, I assume it's after Order 66, um, and in his time on Tatooine, because uh, it can't be. I mean, he died. We see him die. So I assume it's going to be partly before he goes to Tatooine, um, just because there will have to be a lot of fights, like a lot of action. And I don't think if he was just on Tatooine all the time, that that would be enough. Yeah. Or for some reason, he leaves Tatooine and comes back. Yeah, I don't know. Exactly. Yeah. So that's interesting. But, you know, Obi-Wan is a great call. He's great in this show. And it, you know, we talked multiple times about remembering 
Obi-Wan's psychology and each in how he reacts to Anakin and Padme. And it's something that's really easy to forget, but it just is so important to his character because you have to remember what happens to someone who loses their love, right? Love of their life. And uh, it's so good. So good. So good. So what's your number three? Uh, My number three is Rex. Nice. Um, Rex is just the best. His uh, companionship with Ahsoka, with uh, Anakin, his relationships with them is awesome. He's so loyal. He's so um, strong in the way that he acts and thinks as a leader as well. How he leads um, specifically in the Umbara arc against Krell. He is just such a great embodiment of what it means to be a clone trooper and a leader and no it's rex is amazing and everything about him you just want him to be your friend because rex is awesome yeah he is uh he is one of the great clones and one of the great characters yeah because he kind of transcends being a a clone in a way because he is just he is the one that we get to explore the most of yeah for sure I'd argue though, like in some so to some extent, we actually explore fives quite a bit because we mm-hmm. see fives in the training facility from his very beginning, even before he's a clone trooper, and then or an arc trooper, and then we see him all the way at his death. So we see a large trajectory for fives in such a way. Rex, we don't see as much, but we obviously see him more on screen just because he's Anakin's right hand man, and. I find it fascinating also any character that is tangential to Anakin because underpinning this entire show is what happens at the end. And we all know it, but none of the other characters know it. And they still love Anakin and trust Anakin. And obviously that's embodied in the way that Ahsoka at the very, very end of season seven tells Maul off and tells him that there's no way Anakin would turn to the dark side. And obviously we know. That's a heartbreaking line, so much so because we know what's coming. So Rex, in his faithfulness to Anakin and his relationship to him, it just adds so much of a a deep story to how Anakin himself is a great leader and a great, um, I don't know, it's just so, so good. So Rex, you're the best. I love you. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. If you, like I just thought about it, we see Rex mostly on the battlefield and we see Fives a lot more off the battlefield than we see Rex. Good point. And that's Good like, an, that, and, and, you know, I think that's just great, you know, that we get to see both. Um, my number two is Maul. Maul is so good. He is the perfect villain for so like for this entire, like we've talked about it in the, in the episode, like when he first shows up. And just puts a whole nother twist on this on this show. And he's kind of obviously Palpatine is there and he kicks Maul's ass and he is like the puppet master in the background. And that's all great. But Maul has just something that is kind of psychologically more interesting to me. He has like all these different facets to himself, whereas Palpatine is just like evil, I guess. And Maul is, I mean, it's not like Maul is a nice guy or anything, but he has like, he has more layers to it, I feel like, or we get to see more of him. And he's a great villain. Obviously, there's a lot of things he does that are 
him becoming a crime boss in a way i'm sure that's going to ex- going to be explored in future star wars media he is sure to make an appearance in the future i would be shocked if they didn't try to include him include him in the future and i think he is just a very powerful uh villain and that's why he had to be on the list yeah maul's great oh, he's just such a great acting and such a great performance as well that goes yeah. into him and is another character that steals the show every time he's on screen exactly sure. like, similar to hondo not similar to hondo but you know what i mean <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right so my number two is anakin skywalker oh not your number one i see um anakin is you know he's so likable in this show i love him he just is like witty funny very emotional strong protective in such a way you know and he crosses the line sometimes and that's part of his character development that's part of him you know going a little bit too much because no one would go off the deep end like he did if he didn't have faults in and of himself and he wasn't uh, so pious in such a way um he challenges obi-wan in such a, in some ways he's you know just a great great leader um i really like seeing anakin and everything that i mentioned earlier with anakin sort of his turn to the dark side underpinning everything it makes every single move that he makes really interesting and really uh thoughtful i don't know and it, it you have to re-examine every single thing that you've seen with Anakin as a result of the show. So he's just, he, his depiction, this is by far the best depiction of Anakin Skywalker in all of star Wars. Yes. And that is something that is so, 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 so special about clone wars. And I'm glad we got to see this because this makes everything better. Honestly. Yeah. I think Anakin for me in this show I really perceived him through his relationship with others. And I see what that you was mean. like an that was like an interesting thing to observe where like in the mo- in the prequels we just see him see him as like the protagonist and he just does shit. But here it's more like how does he behave? Like what is his relationship with this person, with this person? How has how does he react in these situations under these circumstances? And it's really interesting. Um I swear, if R2 is your number one, I'm going to f- lose my fucking mind. Uh, <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> okay, my number one was kind of surprising to me, but my number one is Ventress. Nice. I figured it would be Ventress. Yeah. She's just a really, really interesting character with a lot of layers. I think her backstory is just so tragic. Like, she just tries to fit in and have like a mentor or a family or something like that and just every time she is she kind of got settled in it gets taken away from her whether it's her uh, jedi master or it's uh count dooku or it's uh, the night sisters and eventually she ends up on her own and has to fend for herself she's just also very like ambiguous obviously like she used to be a padawan then she was trained by uh, count dooku and then like she just did her own thing and she doesn't really fit into like the um the usual star wars mold of morals i would say and uh, that's what makes her the most interesting character to me yeah she's amazing and 
again similar but not similar to hondo she's like always on both sides to a certain extent and there's so many layers to her um she's such a great character honestly i really like her as well and she's also the one with the most open-ended ending to which we don't know which direction she can go in as you mentioned when we talked about potential shows she can go in any direction and that's what makes her so compelling as a character um yeah, no, I really, I agree. Ventress is amazing, so I don't fault you for putting her in your as your number one because she is also, in some ways, the most unique character in Star Wars, um, and also the only one. Oh no, I guess Hondo as well. We haven't seen in anything else, right? But, um, and it's just no, she she is specific to this show in such a way that is great. Hmm. And it's kind of an interesting. She is a kind of, kind of an interesting parallel to. Or like mirror image to Ahsoka as well. Yeah. Oh no, it's so good. So like what happens if everything goes right versus yeah, what exactly. happens if everything goes wrong, essentially. Yeah. I wish they flushed out her backstory a little bit more, honestly. Um, I do like the delivery method of just like flashbacks when she's like going through the transformation or whatever mm-hmm. recovery. But um I it, it just makes you know, the best content or the best things out there intrigue us and interest us, but want us leaving more. And that is what that sequence about Ventress's backstory does. So kudos to them. Now I'm very curious. What's your number one? My number one shouldn't be a surprise to anyone, honestly. Um, but my number one is Darth Maul. Yes. <laughs> uh, for everything that you said, plus it's just... Oh my God, Darth Maul! Are you fucking kidding me? He's so good. <laughs> every time he's on the screen, it, it just it gets chills down my spine. The every line that he says, it's just the line readings are so so good. The facial expressions, the way he has so many, as you said, layers to him, and the desperation that he has, the fear within him, the ferocity within him as well. And you know, there's this idea that. The dark side users are strong yet weak. They're too weak to resist the dark side. That's why they fall for it. But they are strong because they get to the dark side. And that is the juxtaposition that the Jedi have to do. So how do they, you know, reconcile with the fact that there is everyone knows that there is this powerful force out there called the dark side that they don't use and they don't use it intentionally. But why? Because they're strong. They're too strong for it, essentially. And Darth Maul is the embodiment of everything there because he is so ferocious and strong with the force, but he is so weak on the inside. He collapses. He's a scared little boy when they capture him, and he's screaming to let him die. And he is juxtaposed immediately with just like this strength and his ability to kill everything in his wake. It, it's just ah, uh, it is so good. And like even when he when he faces Palpatine up and he immediately gets to his knees and just says master and then just capitulates to everything that Palpatine wants. It's just Maul is so 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 good and I just love him so much. Um I think he is by far for me the most interesting character in this show and that's insane for a show for a TV like for a TV show to add to a character that in a movie barely said anything and Basically, it was in there for a third of a movie, honestly. Yeah, I love him. I love him so much. Maul's great. Yeah. Maul's great. Maul's the best, officially, by me. I have uh, quite, a, quite a few honorable mentions, uh, in true Chris fashion, probably. And um, unfortunately, there are no droids on this list. 
Um, obviously, R2 is great, but there are there weren't really many droids that were there like often enough that I could include them. Um, you know, AZ was great, but he he was only there at the uh, in like one arc. Yeah, Anakin is kind of an honorable mention, though I knew that he would never make the top four. Like again, he like we see him th- in the relationship to other characters mostly. I've become a huge fan of Plo Koon. Yeah, he's so good. Rex was my number five, basically. Uh, he just didn't make the list. Uh, I really enjoyed him. Fives as well. It was great. Cad Bane was kind of who I alluded to earlier with Hondo. Like, Cad Bane is great, but the more I saw of him, the less I was interested in him. Just because he became more and more of a stereotype or caricature or something. Um. You know, a great character, but yeah, just a little bit too much there at the end. And of course, Embo is... I just have to mention Embo. Uh, not top four material, but I was always very happy when I saw him. Yeah, I mean, that's the true Chris list, which has more uh, honorable mentions than actual top listers. Yep. Um, I mean, for me, any honorable mentions that you didn't mention? No, everything's the same. A Satine was on there for a second. Mm-hmm. Um I like the way that she is, especially the first time we see Mandalore, where she kind of leads in with strength. I really admired that as a character. Yeah. Um, and obviously her, her arc ends in a tragic way. But again, it didn't really um, last too long for me. But no, everything else was all the others that you said were on my list of my extended list, let's say. Yeah. So your list was as long as mine, huh? No, no, no. I had less, but I okay. all, all of them were on there. Or does that make sense? Yeah, I get, it, I get it, I get yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and oddly, Ventress was my number five. Hmm, interesting. The only thing that we kind of differ in our top five that doesn't exist is that you have Anakin and I have Obi Wan. Yeah, which is a very interesting thing to think about. Yeah. All right. So now that we've uh, ranked characters, there's one more thing that we have to rank or two more things we have to rank. So one more top four we have to do. We have to decide now our top four arcs of the television show. And I don't know about you, but I found this a lot harder than characters. (laughs) And I have a lot more honorable mentions, but (laughs) I don't actually. So interesting. There, there are a lot of things that I r- li- liked, but there were def- like there were a lot of arcs that I liked, but there was also kind of a I don't know, like there were good arcs and there were great arcs. Let's put it that way. Oh, for sure. I would say there were five arcs that it was difficult, like it was difficult to decide for a second, and then I just. I just uh, read through the uh, episode descriptions again, and then I was like, okay, yeah, that is easier than I thought. And then I have three honorable mentions and a top four. Uh, Maybe do you want to start with your number four? Yeah, since you started the last one. Uh, My number four is the Citadel. Nice. Um, It's just so visually striking. So such a gorgeous planet. Um, Nice classic rescue action sequence. Um, the surprise of having Tarkin there is really fun. The banter between them is really interesting. Ahsoka's idealism versus uh, Tarkin's pragmatism, I guess you want to call it that. 
Um, I really liked Evan Peel as a Jedi. Um, mm-hmm. There are a lot of nameless Jedi who get killed off throughout Clone Wars, but it's nice to have one whose name we can remember and who has distinct characteristics. And then I also like the very end um, in which uh, Ahsoka, you know, shows her allegiance by giving the information to the Jedi Council and not giving it to uh, the Chancellor or the military directly. So it mm. is the show that, or is the arc that really puts into motion a lot of the friction between the military and the Jedi and also foreshadows Anakin's connection to the military and cho- choosing the military over the Jedi. So I find it just a great arc that shows so much uh, for the future, as well as being interesting, visually striking, action-packed, and, you know, just classic Star Wars. So I enjoyed it a lot. Nice. Yeah, good pick. Um, my number four is episodes 14 to 16 of episode five. It is what I in my notes have as the Maul slash Satine arc, <laughs> um, which is basically Maul getting to power on Mandalore and, you know, culminating, of course, in the death of Satine but in by the hands of Maul in front of Obi-Wan. It's It has pacing issues. Like, he just really quickly rises to power with the, the syndicates and all of that, but... Um, I really liked his consolidation, his like the all the tactical things of like okay, who, they're all trying to outsmart the other, uh, all the other parties, all the entire inner conflict on Mandalore as well. <laughs> Not to mention finally the death of Pre Vizsla. That's definitely oh, a highlight. So good, uh, <laughs> and that one shot is so good where he the camera pans behind Bo Katan essentially. And mm. you see him getting beheaded. Oh, it's such a beautiful sequence. It's great. And with the dark, like the dark saber versus the red lightsaber is amazing. And, you know, also kind of the fact that you see a pretty, like, even fight for a second. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was pretty cool. Obviously, like, Obi-Wan's rescue mission. We kind of see, like, t- the tactical genius of, of Maul as well, because, you know, Satine thinks she got, like, she escaped and all of that, but it's all part of Maul's plan. Um, and then, of course, Obi-Wan trying to rescue her, failing and seeing, yeah, the love of his life being executed as a revenge, like, as a point of revenge, basically. Um, that was just, like, emotionally very powerful. And so, yeah, it was, it made, it makes my list. Yeah, it's so good. Um my number three is the last few episodes of season five when Ahsoka leaves the council or leaves the Jedi. Oh, Order. Yeah. okay. Uh, I huh. mean, when I'm watching those episodes, I'm so captivated as to what's going to happen next, how Ahsoka's running away, the fact that who's framing her. I mean, it's obvious, it's kind of obvious it's Barris at a certain point. Um, yeah. But it gets really exciting just to see Ahsoka in that position and then the decision of what she's, what is she going to do? How's it going to happen? And then. Probably for me, the most emotional moment of the entire show is Ahsoka deciding to leave the council at the end of that episode or the Jedi yeah. Order at the end of that episode. And that alone brings it up such a such a high level and such a great um, arc of television. It's oh, I love it so much. Mm. Yeah, it's great. Nice. Good choice. <laughs> Thank you. 
<laughs> I mean, we can't like. I don't think there are going to be any real surprises here. No, at this point. <laughs> yeah, my number three is uh, the Krell arc on Umbara. Yeah, I mean, it's visually stunning. Yeah, it is. It has great moral questions on part of the clones, on part of Krell. Like Krell is a very interesting figure too. Um, I think this, you know, the Krell arc is the first time that we see the potential of clone, like the real potential of the Clone Wars greatness. Yeah. That it just, like, I remember watching it and it just blew me away. It was just great. I don't, I don't, I don't even know what to say. <laughs> it's, it's, it's just really, really great. Maybe because um, it's basically focused on the battlefield and like, it just has this one facet. And uh, so my, my, that's why it's just my number three. No, I mean, it's a great arc for sure. Um, yeah, that's yeah. why it's it's going to be higher on the list for you. <laughs> I mean, I haven't said that. Nope. <laughs> yeah, you kind of have. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so actually, yeah, that does bring me to my number two is also is Umbara. Yeah. Um, it's so good. It's such a visually striking arc. It is... The deception of Krell is amazing and there's nuances and layers to it that just keep getting peeled back over time and then also rex's frustration with krell and but still capitulation to to krell and at what point does he actually turn on him is such an interesting moment it's just so good and then obviously like all the side journeys of you know fives and uh, I, i forget who else goes up there to go and like shoot down the droid control center etc etc all these things that are happening are so good and then obviously the moment where the clones fight against each other not knowing and they kill each other is just oh it is absolutely amazing to see umbara and just see it over and over again i love it so much so Mm. umbara is everything that clone wars specifically clone wars as a television show was meant to be and should be yeah. because it adds to the clones in particular so it is just so good i love umbara a lot so for me it's like the top three arcs in my head were just always going to be the top three and i guess more specifically yeah. the top two yeah so like we're always gonna be the top two so uh-huh. and it's just these top three are just so good in my mind so They're great uh, movies. for me Exactly. For me, actually, when I think about it, like, and how I did the whole thing, it was three were easy, and then the fourth one, it was just fitting the fourth one. And so many of them could have been the fourth one in my mind. Um, mm-hmm. But, so yeah. So, no, Umbara, fucking phenomenal. I love it so much. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I'm going to probably surprise you now. Go ahead. Uh, my number two is the uh, very last arc, the final arc of this of the show. We just did an episode about it last week do it like it's it's amazing it's it's the show at its best you can see that a lot of time has passed between uh the ep- the the seasons the animation the storytelling it's just so on point so con- contemporary uh, so contemporary it's just the way it interweaves with episode three and order 66 and everything is amazing Ahsoka, obviously, like, like so much happens in those four episodes. It's great. And now you're probably going to say more on it. So take it away. Hey, hey, I might surprise you, but not this time. (laughs) (laughs) 
No, no, it's fine. I'll go for it. I'm not this at this moment in time. I will surprise nobody in saying my number one is the Siege of Mandalore. Yeah. Fucking amazing. Are you kidding me? It's so beautiful. It is heart wrenching on so many levels from the very beginning to the very end, from the moment where Ahsoka and Anakin see each other to their last interaction to all the teasing of Maul, like wanting Anakin for some reason there and all of these things that are happening. And also Maul's performance, fucking A, is incredible. And obviously Ahsoka is just like the bomb and just like her being at her best. The, their lightsaber battle, oh, oh yeah. so, 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 so good. And even then their debate beforehand. And then Maul makes a great pitch to Ahsoka and reaches out his hand in a very classic way. And Ahsoka accepts and then only because of her relationship to Anakin does she turn around and say no, and that leads to everything that comes after it. And and then obviously including on this is the Order 66 and Rex's hesitation that actually leads to Ahsoka's survival and everything that comes after that. So, 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 so good. And I'm so glad that like it is Rex and Ahsoka that survived it at the end together that she was able to save at least one clone and it's so heart-wrenching yeah. when she's fighting against the clones who refuses to kill them and that dialogue they have in the control pad for the hangar oh my god as Rex is crying and it is heart-wrenching you just see what it means for a clone to be completely rewritten entirely in one second and how much of a toll it takes on them to actually you know on their psychology it's for those who survive or who keep their psychology like Rex, it is absolutely heart-wrenching for them to see. And it makes, uh, I love it so much. This is just such a beautiful arc. It is absolutely amazing. And I love Umbara to like, to my grave, I will like love it. And the fact that Siege of Mandalore came in at the very end and just knocked it out of the fucking park with the Grand Slam is just yeah. just goes to show how fucking good these last episodes are. And really, in these these top three arcs that I mentioned, you can't go wrong. They're all so good. They all just make... And the, the two Ahsoka ones specifically are more heart-wrenching and emotional. And the Umbara one is just so beautiful and adds so much layers and complexity to the whole story it's it's everything i love about television is in these three arcs they are great and not only television film tv art in general they are in these three arcs they are so 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 good and i love it yeah high praise and it's totally deserved um i'm not going to surprise anyone (laughs) when I say that uh, the last arc of uh, of season five is my number one, Ahsoka leaving the Jedi Order, basically. It's so good. Yeah, I had a hard time bet- uh, deciding between the two of them, you know, the last arc of the show in general or that one. But kind of the deciding factor was... So so the, the, the Siege of Mandalore, it's interwoven with things we know. We know what's coming and that is... That heightens the tension in a way that I really enjoyed. But with the um, leaving the Jedi Order arc, uh, you don't really see it coming for uh, for like a time. And I think also for the so I, so I think that the deciding factor for me actually was the final arc is great, but it's also from 2020. Whereas like 
season five is from i don't know 2014 or something or even earlier than that 2015 i think yeah and i think it's it's kind of more of an accomplishment to have that arc there um and would have made for an interesting ending to the show i'm so sorry 2013 ah there you go yeah i think just for the time it's amazing uh obviously the emotional impact is great um in both the positive and just the neutral way of saying great but um yeah uh, yeah i don't know what to say even it's just amazing it's that like it's definitely one that i'm gonna rewatch i'm gonna re- like rewatch all of these arcs at some point for sure in terms of plot like it's not as as well crafted maybe as the uh the siege of mandalore but just because of the impact of that decision and kind of just the idea of someone leaving the jedi order also it's not something i had ever considered so it's just a powerful ending and just it adds so much to ahsoka as well and you know i try to balance out later arcs with earlier arcs because you know the later arcs obviously not only have the uh advantage of being later in terms of like technology so the animation is better the storytelling might be a little bit improved but they also build on earlier arcs and so yeah you no know, the final arc is powerful would have been powerful in and of itself but it also builds on this arc and that's why i decided to go with it as my number one sounds great i love it yeah but as you said like those all of those arcs you can't go wrong with them so what were some of your what were your honorable mentions um again all these are for the number four spot um geonosis battle number two um Mm -hmm. that's i really like that one as a straight battle sequence um the conspiracy arc with fives kind of looking through everything teaming up with az and trying to find out what's going on Mm -hmm. with the control chips um the obi-wan undercover as a as a bounty hunter um that was a fun arc as well um, I even like the Night Sister trilogy when the when Dooku kind of attacks the Night Sisters. Oh no, mm-hmm. wrong. Well, the one that introduces Billy Bob. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. That yeah. one. There's a really cool one because Ventress is betrayed, and then it's a Ventress centric one for sure. Um, and obviously the Mandalore trilogy, the one you mentioned with uh, Satine being murdered at the end of it, mm-hmm. and just like all those arcs were in contention for that number four spot, uh, and. They're just all so good, and uh, they're not on the level. And even I would say the Citadel, which I did put at number four, is not on the level of the top three. Mm-hmm. But uh, there just go- it goes to show that there are a lot of arcs that are good to great in these uh, in these shows. Uh, I had three honorable honorable mentions. One was the Citadel arc. Uh, one was yeah Obi Wan as a bounty hunter, and the uh, the last one was you know Fives and AZ investigating. Mm, yeah. All great arcs. Oh, so good. Okay. One, one more thing left to do. Yeah, 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 yeah. And the last thing that we're going to do in honor of Clone Wars is we are going to create our official, non-official rankings of each individual season. So we're going to go season, uh, seasons one through seven and rank them on their quality, how much we enjoyed them, et cetera, et cetera maybe first talk a little bit about our criteria and our process like i i went through like the wikipedia article <laughs> and like the uh episode descriptions and just was just like 
reminded of how many good arcs there are. Obviously, we just talked about the great ones, but there are also really good ones. And then I, it was kind of, uh, okay, which which arcs are in which season, but also kind of how many bad arcs or episodes are in a season. If yeah. I couldn't decide between two seasons, that was kind of the deciding factor. I'm just going to talk about like the positives of the arcs, of the seasons, sorry, just because uh, otherwise that'll take too long. But that was kind of my process. Yeah, I didn't have as systematic of a process. Surprise, surprise. I just went with my gut. Um, and I actually focused generally on the high points of the episodes, uh, but with obviously consideration to um, uh, the negatives of each season. So I just kind of mm. went for it. I have also, I've been thinking of my ranking for this uh, these seasons for months on months now. So wow. it's because uh, I also, I've watched it, right? So in the rewatch is part of the process as mm. well right oh yeah so, that makes sense so this is a long time coming yeah and i think my rankings of these seasons hasn't changed for since march maybe <laughs> nice <laughs> yeah i don't i don't even know like once i got through all of the content description and like i wrote down all of the arcs it was pretty quick to decide for me yeah yeah um but i'm just gonna start off with saying my number seven <laughs> is uh, season one <laughs> yeah same uh it's kind of unfair of course but you know it introduces us to obviously you know uh, like ahsoka and um hondo cat bane and i guess like the only episode that i mean the hondo arc is is fun but like the only episode that the thing is actually good is the very last one you know where like uh, where cat bane uh and aura Singh and a bunch of other bounty hunters or guns for hire maybe is the better term here they yeah. hold like some senators hostage to free zero yeah and that was that was fun but apart from that i was just like meh i guess i guess we're like we had to start somewhere so it might as well be here but it's like nothing like compared to the later seasons is like not really it's, it's hard to compare it's not really the same show in terms of quality honestly yeah but how could it as well like it's it has to set up a lot of things like it's kind of what i mentioned with the arcs right like the later arcs definitely you know get to pay off things that are is set up in earlier arcs or it gets to build on it anyway totally agree but it's a good uh it's still good because it set up everything but you know it doesn't it's, it's not up to snuff sadly yeah what's your number six Okay, next up is is season two for me. Same, mm. same. <laughs> we have Cat Bane's holocron heist and the and like the aftermath of all of that. Mm, we have the clone deserter on Seleucami, the intro and like like the introduction of Mandalore and Satine, and kind of get to explore her relation, the relationship she has with Obi Wan, and we also have the like Seven Samurai remake episode, so that's also fun. So that's all already like fun stuff yeah. um, that I <laughs> have fond memories of. So it's it's like good, but it's like it's just a solid solid thing. But it's not like great. Yeah, and it has lasting has less lasting memory, I think. Um, but I definitely enjoy yeah. it so much. So nice. Okay, now now I'm curious. Like when our paths diverge, might be now um my next next up is season six for me same 
Nice. Yeah. Okay. So like we have obviously like Five's uh, tragic quest to find out what caused Tup to execute one of the uh, Jedi. Uh, and that's like a really crucial arc, I think. I mean, obviously I included it in, in the honorable mentions just now, but apart from that, like season six has nothing to go for. So that's why it's on the, in this spot for me. Yeah. Yeah. It's not great. It has like interesting, it answers interesting questions, yeah. but it doesn't do it that effectively, honestly. Um, no. But, you know, Gungi is cool, though. Or is Gungi season six? Um, uh, no. No, sorry. That's season five, right? Five. Yeah. yeah. No, either way. Uh, so, yeah, nothing go really. That, <laughs> that goes to show how it really didn't have anything going for it. Let's be honest. Yeah. Um, if I can't even remember anything else other than the, the Yoda thing at the end is not great. Automatically gets uh, some like points taken for bringing back uh what's his face oh fucking up clovis oh i forgot about clovis yeah you're oh, welcome. so bad <laughs> that's why i was wiped out of my memory no season six like yeah. i think it's just as bad as season two actually worse but it has a great arc to start it off which kind of redeems yeah. it to make it a little bit better that's how i thought of it yeah for sure that's that's exactly my thought as well i mean of yeah. course it's that's just because of the whole production issue yeah, for sure. It's not intentional. It's not a full season. We know why it's like that, but yeah, sadly, that's just the case that it is. So yep. Okay. Right. Next up, I have uh, season three. Same, same, same. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So we have the uh, Domino Squad training on Camino. We have Aura Singh's attempted assassination of Padme. Um, we have both Obi Wan and Cad Bane looking for Zero. And like the introduction of Billy Bob, which is like, I don't know, Billy Bob as a character is not that interesting, but just because we had fun with him, kind of talking about him, yeah. is like a fun memory for me. Um, obviously, we have the Citadel and Tarkin, and at like the very end, we have Ahsoka meet, meeting Chewbacca. So that's nice. Yeah, I think season three is where things get good. Honestly, yeah. like. This is where I'm just like, oh, yeah, this is a show, you know? Mm -hmm. It's not yet at the level where it's like, <gasps> but it is really good <laughs> at this point. Um, it's just like a solid season all around, and I really enjoy it. Uh, obviously, it has some low points and higher points for sure, but it's a good, it's a good season. I like this one, and yeah. it's fitting. I think it's really – it's not a commentary on this season, honestly, but – the rest of the seasons above it are good, are so much better, are just not yeah. so much better, but are really good. Therefore, this one has to be pushed down a little bit. So, exactly. Next up, I at least I don't know about you, uh, is season four. Oh shit, we diverge here. Haha. -ha. I will say though, can I say this before we get sure. the next three for me are in a tier of their own. Yep, it's kind yeah. of like the arcs again. Yeah, and it, it, like we have like we have arcs from each of those seasons. So I wonder if they'll correspond to how we rank the other ones. <laughs> so yeah, so yeah, we have the Umbara arc with Krell. We have Obi Wan going undercover as a bounty hunter and Ventress as a bounty hu hunter together with Boba. So that's fun. Uh, also, we have the introduction of Maul, which obviously has huge repercussions throughout the uh, future seasons and yeah. you know it's very very important and done in a great way just such a great season start to end and i'll talk about it when i get there 
as well. So what's your number three? Um, my number three is season five. <laughs> yeah. yeah, going um, with the arc order, maybe. Yeah, actually. <laughs> but season five, I think, is the end of it is amazing, right? The very beginning yeah. is good. And then there's a quite a bit of a lull in my mind. I'm not like the gathering sort of like the Padawans arc is not that great. Honestly, mm. the war on two fronts, other than um, introducing us to Stila, who is awesome and her death is really impactful. The rest of it is not great, I think. So I think like as a, as a whole season, I think season like season five within these top three amazing seasons is just not doesn't is not as good for me in my mind mm. so i think when i'm considering the totality of the season season five is a step below but it's there is just i mean you can't go wrong with any of these seasons honestly but yeah so ringing true my my next is uh season seven yeah like the introduction of the bad badge is fun but it's like it's not it's a, it's like a solid arc but it's not great I think um like I enjoyed it for sure but it's I don't know it wasn't like revelatory in a way and um obviously then we have the final arc that ties everything together and like we've talked about it at length now but it's also a brief arc and um that means that maybe you know seasons uh, season 6 has shown us that there can still be a lot of bullshit in a short season but this one's definitely way better but it's just you know kind of high risk high reward kind of thing you have less episodes and like that doesn't automatically mean things are like automatically better or worse this one is like really good that's why it's my number two but it's i don't know i guess i can just talk about my number one now but mm, no, no, give me room maybe to not. speak about my own thing too sure sure sure, sure. yeah um, go, go for it my my number two is also uh season seven Oh, interesting. Yeah, I think it's great. And even though I put the Siege of Mandalore as like my top arc, as you said, the Bad Batch is fun and exciting, but and but kind of loses focus, I think, in some ways. Uh, the whole arc with whatever the sisters, the Martez sisters, um, yeah. is not great, honestly. Um, I am not that huge. I mean, it's great. Uh, all of it's great. It's good. Um, but it just is not at the same level as a whole season again, as I'm trying to explain uh, for me, at yeah. least is how I think about it. Um, and yeah, season seven uh, is great, but there is one more season that I think is better. And if you've done the math, you know what it is, but if you don't, <laughs> if you haven't, then tune in. You'll to be find surprised. out in a second. <laughs> uh, yeah. So my number one is uh, season five, obviously. Um, I agree. Onderon has a lot of issues but i liked um like a circus interaction with the group we obviously have the whole bullshit thing with lux like with Stila and with ahsoka and that's like really annoying but um i think just for ahsoka that was a very interesting arc but we also obviously as you mentioned we get to know Stila. we have kind of the first really 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 surprising moment maybe like krell is krell is actually the no, first no i but think krell is surprising yeah i mean it is surprising 
but it's not shocking. Like I didn't like I was surprised, but I was like, yeah, I, like you could see glimpses of that. Whereas here it's like the fact that Stila dies just really like surprised me. And, Interesting. It didn't really surprise um, me, honestly. But that's a whole other thing. Yeah, I mean, we we know that like eventually she's going to die because Saw is yeah. the leader of the thing. Yeah, but just the way it ha- it's handled, like okay, like maybe like the like two minutes leading up to her to it, maybe not, but it's still like an interesting the way they did it. Yeah, yeah, was for cool. Sure. Like the rest of the rest of the arc, yeah, was not that good, but I still enjoyed it for its highlights. Kind of the youngling thing was like there were parts in there that was that were like good. It's always interesting, you know, the whole building the lightsaber thing. That was fun, obviously. Like, I mean, who doesn't want to see like a Wookiee Padawan? Let's be honest. Yeah. And then, you know, the whole thing about about like Maul taking over Mandalore, killing Satine and Ahsoka leaving the Jedi Order is like two of my top four arcs. They're both in the same season. And that's kind of why I picked it as my number one. To be honest with you, that's like the entire reason for it it's like if you think about it like the last six episodes are just amazing yeah the second half of season five is so fucking good yeah it is oh it's amazing ah yeah I love and it. it's like if you if you like if you had episode like season five be just the Onderon arc the mall like the mandalore arc and the ahsoka arc like have it have like as many episodes as the like seventh season you know i think obviously there are like other episodes that are not as good that i'm now like not mentioning but they they would be it would it would still be better than than that so but you you definitely that that's a surprise i mean yeah i guess you can talk about it yourself yeah so my number one season here is season four i think season four is as a totality as a season i think is one of the best seasons of like it's the best season of clone wars in my mind uh the fact that it's best arc and it's by far its best arc comes in the middle of the the season is phenomenal in the sense that there's still so much after it that is great you obviously have the fun arc with um obi-wan undercover but then that ends with an episode on naboo which is also so fascinating with anakin and dooku fighting and there's a lot Mm. of things happening there the episode where um the night sisters are massacred in that battle scene is just is so interesting to see and then you even have like a fun just bounty hunter episode which is really exciting and you just kind of get a typical train track with like uh, you know, attacking a train, defending a train, uh, and the, the obviously the unnecessary <laughs> like twist of what is the cargo, et cetera, et cetera. And obviously you get Ventress in there, which is really exciting. Then you obviously get the introduction of Maul and his like weird psychology and at the beginning of the revenge with Obi-Wan. And then if you kind of like take that episode as the end and you see Obi-Wan and Ventress working together, it's like a really exciting end to a season. Mm-hmm. And the problem is that, that those last four episodes of the season are not an arc per se, and that but they're all like standalone, like really good and interesting. Um, and then obviously, I don't know, it's just like the season from top to bottom, like has interesting stuff going on. It has its worst arc is the Zygerian stuff, yeah, which is kind of ridiculous, honestly. Um, but every arc 
has every season has something that's negative to it to be honest um i even like and even like the gungan arc isn't that great but i really do like seeing admiral akbar or is he captain at this point i'm not entirely sure um, he's captain yeah. and a different scenery which is cool i think what's cool about this season in particular is that it goes to so many different places and shows you so many different things mm-hmm. um and it's just so diverse as a season and yes yeah, that's just like with all these again similar to the arcs these top three seasons are so good all of them are um and yeah it's just incredible to be able to watch these and just you know you you're not wrong for picking any of the not you chris but you as a, the royal you is not wrong for picking any of these three three seasons as their top one so yeah i love it i think it's so good nice i think it's just like what i like about season four i think is that the high point of the season is in the middle and then it just like mm. it also adds more as it goes along as opposed to the other ones end on a high note which is awesome of course um but it's just a different uh arc i don't know at least with season four it was more important that it didn't have like low lows in a way like the yeah. the general like the average quality was higher probably the best that's how i judge it essentially and yeah. it doesn't have a high and it has a high point but the average quality is high and it has a high point so it's 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 great in that way um, i think also season seven the average is high and it has a high point, but mm. that's kind of it has an it's an its advantage is that it is shorter as well. And if you if you can make a thirteen episode season intentionally, of course it's going to be a little bit better. That the lows are going to be lower. That's how it works, right? Not of course, but a lot of the times, right? But so no, that's that's what I think. Season four is my top season. So now we've watched Clone Wars, and as I as we mentioned in the beginning of the episode, next up is going to be bad batch and i was just wondering whether you had like what what are your expectations what are you what do you hope to see what like yeah what how what do you think you know going into it i mean i'm excited so excited um unlike you i have watched a lot of the trailers um so Mm. i i not to say i know what to expect but i expect to see the bad batch which we already saw in season seven um yeah I expect it to be placed right after um, the the events of the Clone Wars, essentially connected to the Clone Wars. So um, that we already know. Um, and I'm very interested to see. I wonder like how they integrate into the Empire, the Bad Batch do um, yeah. or do not. So I'm very interested to see that, how that goes. I wonder what retur- recurring characters we'll see as well. Um, and also something that is... For other people who have already watched Rebels, I'm interested to see stuff from Rebels as well. Um, and really, I'm more excited just to see something new, honestly, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that I haven't seen before. So that's going to be really fun. As you mentioned, I haven't watched anything. I know nothing about it. It's going to be great to, like, we obviously we had the introduction in Season 7 and we had Echo joining them. That's going to be great, I think. I kind of, I don't know, I kind of expect there to be maybe a little bit of a a gap between uh, the the events of Clone Wars and the events of Bad Batch. I'm kind of curious to see whether Rex will join them at some point. But when we were just talking about Rex earlier, when we were talking about our favorite characters, uh, 
I kind of thought it would also be great for the uh, like Ahsoka show if Rex was there. Who knows? Yeah, we've never seen like a live live action clone like in that way, right? Yeah, that would be fun. Like the same actor who plays Boba Fett also plays Rex. God, he's gonna make so much money. <laughs> also, the like I I wonder what the uh, uh, voice talent who did all of the clones like what he's making now <laughs> you know Imagine. i feel like they're they're going to be resisting in some point like because they are different i wonder i wonder to what extent but i don't know maybe maybe it's like you know order 66 kind of works and then they get like they snap out of it or they mm, they see it happening are horrified and basically go into exile so yeah, I, I haven't really thought much about it to be honest, and I've like actively tried to avoid doing that. And so I'm just excited to do it. <laughs> and to also you know, Clone Wars was great, but I'm also excited to have something again where like we both haven't seen it. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's it's a slightly different dynamic if we both watch it for the first time and I, I'm just looking forward to it and like after Clone Wars, as I mentioned earlier, like I'm just so pumped for new Star Wars stuff and I can't wait to get into it. Which episodes are we going to watch next time? So for The Bad Batch, the first uh, the season opener was actually 70 minutes long. So we are only going to be watching the first episode of oh, Bad Batch season one. See you next week, starting with Bad Batch, everyone. I'm so excited. Yes. If you want to get in touch, there are a few ways you can do that. Email. Write us an email to hello at seriallyhooked.com. Website. You can check out our website and suggest future topics at seriallyhooked.com. Twitter. You can find us on Twitter at seriallyhooked. If you like the show, tell a friend or 10, rate us on Apple Podcasts. It really makes a difference and helps people discover the show. I memorialize Sokotano every day of my life. <laughs> Do you have a little shrine somewhere? Oh my god, I wish. If anyone's listening who wants to ever buy me a birthday gift, uh, an Ahsoka Tano like statue or like figurine, probably one that's more like cartoony than mm. sexual. I don't want any of that shit. Um, would be amazing, and I will put it up in my room as my favorite <laughs> toy. Yeah, we'll see number six. Mm. You caught me off guard. Sorry. Mm. Sorry, I don't have much to say about season one, honestly. Mm. Are you eating in the middle of the podcast? Yeah, because I'm hungry. Mm. And I have a great lentil salad next to me.